Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts, radio, news. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast, available every morning on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It's Friday, the 16th of February in London. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, Apple gets set to launch a new AI tool as it goes head-to-head with rival Microsoft. Labour secures a double election win as the Conservatives reportedly walk back major tax cut plans. Plus a milestone moment in Greece as it becomes the first majority Christian Orthodox country to legalise same-sex marriage. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. Bloomberg has learned that Apple is finalising work on a new artificial intelligence tool for app developers. It's understood the new system will use AI to code more quickly and compete with Microsoft's rival system. Our chief correspondent Mark Gurman got the scoop. The way Apple looks at AI, they're not going to release a chatbot. They're not going to release a chat GPT competitor, despite having one internally. They're going to apply artificial intelligence to their applications where it makes sense. And one place it makes sense is for development of software. Mark Ehrman says sources have told him that Apple's next iPhone and iPad software updates will also include a slew of new artificial intelligence features. We'll have more from Mark in a few minutes' time when he joins us on the show. The news comes as Microsoft-backed OpenAI teased a new system that can create realistic-looking videos based on text prompts from users. The move makes it the latest company in the sector to embrace generative video technology. Now, Labour have taken two parliamentary seats from the Conservatives in by-election results, suggesting that they are on the brink of power in the UK. Labour's Jen Kitchen won the Wellingborough constituency with nearly 14,000 votes. That's a swing of 28.5%. I also know from the thousands of conversations I have had during this campaign how desperately people want change and a fresh start for our country. And to everyone who has told me they are willing to look at Labour again, I want to thank you all for this opportunity and I won't let you down. If Labour could achieve the same swing as Kitchen's win or Labour's other by-election victory in Kingswood nationally, they would take power in the next general election. The results also mean that the Conservative government has now suffered more defeats in a single term of office than any government since the 1960s. The Chancellor has reportedly shelved plans for a 2p cut to income tax. The Telegraph says the news of a recession has made Jeremy Hunt postpone plans to reduce the basic rate from 20 to 18%. Bloomberg's James Wilcock has more. Conservative MPs are clinging on to tax cuts as their electoral North Star. 
but the Telegraph say figures inside the Treasury are looking on in horror at new forecasts for servicing government debt with high long-term interest rates. The Chancellor himself made a rare comment on monetary policy yesterday. Many people thought it wouldn't hit the Bank of England's 2% target for a year. It now looks like it might do that in the next few months. And when that happens, you can start to bring down interest rates. It comes as Bloomberg has learned that Hunt is considering cuts to public spending next month to make room for voter-friendly tax giveaways. In London, James Wilcock, Bloomberg Radio. Well now to Fed policy. Raphael Bostic says that there's no rush to cut interest rates with the US labour market and economy as strong as they are. The Atlanta Fed president also sounded a note of caution for those who believe that inflation is heading back to 2%. Here's what he said during a speech in New York. We have made substantial and gratifying progress in slowing the pace of inflation. All things considered, the U.S. economy is in a good spot, even an enviable spot compared to other major economies. But from my vantage point, the evidence from data, our surveys, and our outreach says that victory is not clearly in hand and leaves me not yet comfortable that inflation is inexorably declining to our 2% objective. And that may be true for some time, even if the January Consumer Price Index report turns out to be an aberration. The Fed's Raphael Bostic also repeated his expectation for a first cut to occur in the third quarter of this year. Data out earlier this week showed that US consumer prices jumped at the start of the year, with the CPI index rising by more than forecast across the board in January. Escalating conflicts between Israel and Hezbollah is fueling fears of a new war front in Lebanon. The Iran-backed group fired dozens of rockets into northern Israel from Lebanon, responding to the killing of one of its commanders in an Israeli strike on Wednesday. Professor Salman Zarka, director of a medical centre in Israel, says there are a number of casualties associated with the fighting. So far we've treated over 170 injured in connection to these shooting and all the challenges coming from Hezbollah. These matters are within our training, our team is ready and prepared and it responded this morning despite the sirens and provided the required response. That's Salman Zarka speaking through a translator. A government advisor says Lebanon's Prime Minister has reached out to the US and France in a bid to ease tensions. Both Hezbollah and Hamas are supported by Iran and considered terrorist organisations by the United States. Greece has become the first majority Orthodox Christian country to legalise same-sex marriage. The landmark legislation was approved on Thursday, introducing same-sex civil marriage and establishing equal parental rights. Supporters gathered in central Athens as the vote was announced. People cheering there in the streets of Athens as the news was shared. Whilst the vote received support from four opposition parties, the influential Church of Greece strongly opposed the legislation. Now, in a moment, we're going to get more details on Apple's move into AI, plus the vote to legalise same-sex marriage in Greece. But first, something lighter for a Friday, a bit of fashion for you. 
I certainly learned something from reading this latest piece by our Bloomberg Opinion columnist Andrea Felstead. The headline itself is a work of genius, how mob wife killed coastal grandma. (laughs) But it's about how big fashion brands are scrambling to keep up with the latest fashion trends on TikTok. And I have to say, there's an extremely helpful table that defines what all of these terms actually mean. So Caroline, you know this, obviously, because you are a resident (laughs) style icon, but... Mob wife is described as fur coat, gold jewellery and leather. Coastal grandma is linen, raffia bags and sandals. My favourite, tomato girl, which is fruit prints, red, orange and espadrilles. I I love it. I absolutely love this guide. It is really, yes, I'm definitely aspirational mob wife of a weekend. But um, I think that uh, Andrea has, you know, also put it really brilliantly, which is the difficulty of, of fashion brands to keep up with the pace of all of this. And the fact that some of these fashion trends exist um, you know, all at the same time, sometimes they clash. And it's the fact that they're also speeding up because TikTok is delivering them so quickly. Uh, so she's also handily given us a few uh, fashion sort of trendsetters to follow on TikTok in order for these brands to perhaps try to be up to date and deliver the sort of pieces that people want. I mean, look, it's a, it's a piece that brings together fashion trends, supply <laughs> chains, and uh, also pointing out that perhaps Beyonce and Lingerie's country albums could mean that... Yes, Country Cowgirl is the next look. <laughs> That's the latest from Andrea Felstead. Well, let's get more details now on Apple's race to develop artificial intelligence tools and the news that it's close to com- uh, completing one for app developers. Our chief correspondent, Mark German, broke this story and he joins us now. Mark, very good morning to you. What exactly does this uh, tool do then? Thank you so much for having me. So the tool that Apple is developing is part of the next major version of Xcode. That's Apple's flagship programming software for developers within Apple to create the software that Apple releases, but more importantly for developers outside of Apple to create the software that runs on the company's platforms. Now, this feature will use artificial intelligence, generative AI to be more specific, and large language models to write code for developers on their behalf. This would speed up the time it takes for developers to write applications in addition to test applications, likely saving developers money, uh, but also speeding up the process, getting new types of apps onto the App Store more quickly. So this is really significant and a really core thing for Apple to need to make uh, in order to make its broad push into generative AI. Does this push Apple, Mark, into the AI big leagues to compete with the likes of Microsoft in this area? Uh, Good question. This alone does not push Apple uh, into the big leagues, uh, per se. What it does do is it sets the foundation to help Apple eventually get there. Now, in addition to this uh, Xcode upgrade, you're going to see a lot of AI features come to the next iPhone uh, and the iPad and the Mac, the Apple Watch, the Vision Pro, you name it, uh, over the next few years. We're talking about playlist creation in Apple Music on the user's behalf. You're talking about the ability... Uh, for text input, for photo and video editing. We're talking about summaries in the Safari web browser for an article. So at some point, you're going to see artificial intelligence across Apple's platforms. Now, the one thing I will caution is that Apple's taking a bit of a slow-go approach here, as they typically do. It's going to be a while before you see a proliferation of AI features. This is going to be something gradual, released over a number of years, I'm told. Okay, interesting. So then do you think um, an Apple uh, GPT, which is something that you reported about um, last year, is actually on the way anytime soon? 
So the Apple GPT is something that Apple developed for, for use internally, right? This is not a chatbot that Apple would release publicly. This is something to, to prove the concept and to prove how well its large language models work internally. So this is not something that I would anticipate uh, Apple to release publicly, at least in the short term. And that's because they try to apply the underlying technology to core features, and they don't necessarily see you know, a chatbot as a feature. To them, it's more of a, of a cool gimmick. But there are use cases for chatbots that can be used in a non-chatbot-like interface. For example, if you ask ChatGPT to write you um, a, an email to someone, right? That's something that maybe they can integrate specific to email within their email app on the iPhone. Mark, this is a company that you know very well. How, can you put in context first where Apple is placing AI in terms of internal priorities? Is it on a scale of developing new products? AI for Apple uh, is their top priority for 2024. Everything is going into artificial intelligence in terms of their software engineering plans. They're planning one of the most ambitious updates to date uh, for their iOS 18 update that's going to be announced in June. And this is certainly going to be a very, very big part of that upgrade. And so uh, it's paramount for Apple's development process for this year. Okay, Mark, thank you so much for being with us. And something that we need to keep an eye on, Apple's new AI tools, our chief correspondent, Mark Gurman. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Greece's parliament has voted to extend equal marriage and automatic parental rights to all citizens, becoming the first majority Christian Orthodox country to do so. The law had been promised by Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis after his election last year, but he needed the support of centre-left and leftist opposition parties to pass it. Stavros Gavriliadis has been with his partner for 20 years. They've three children together and plan to get married now. He's been telling Bloomberg about what this means to him. For many families, and especially mine, this law really solves all our problems. It honours freedom, equality, love and our dignity and ensures the rights of our children. That's Stavros Gavriliadis speaking to our Deputy Athens Bureau Chief Paul Togwell and Paul joins us now for more. Good morning, Paul. How significant a change is this in Greece? Good morning. It, it is a big change for Greece. The country still can be described as being socially conservative, 
Um, and as uh, you mentioned, it is the world's now first Orthodox Christian country to do this. Um, also, no one expected that such legislation would be introduced by a centre-right government. Uh, Kyrgios Mitsotakis obviously had pledged to do this when he was re-elected last year, but still there were sceptics that thought he would have a hard time uh, introducing this legislation to Parliament, but he ploughed ahead. Um, so uh, we can't underestimate how much of a milestone it is for Greece. Mm. How much opposition was there then to the law? Uh, there was opposition in Parliament, as you would expect from more far right-wing parties, but there was also opposition from within uh, Mitsotakis' own centre-right New Democracy Party, including from uh, ministers in his cabinet, some of them, and from former Prime Minister Antonio Samaras, who gave a very anti-speech yesterday in Parliament. Um, and because of that, Mitsotakis had to rely on the support of some opposition uh, parties. Uh, obviously, there was fierce opposition by the country's influential uh, church, uh, obviously regards homosexuality as a sin, but said that the new legislation basically represents an attack on the traditional Greek family and that it was its obligation to highlight that. Of course, the reply from the government was this legislation only concerns civil marriages. It's an issue for the state, even though it respects the church's views. It's not for the church to interfere in terms of civil marriages um, that are allowed by the state. Paul, this law goes further than just marriage, uh, which is somewhat interesting considering that when we've seen this happen in other countries, it often doesn't extend into things like parental rights. Can you talk us through the details of what this law exactly will change? Yes, the government uh, makes now um, a secret in the fact that uh, it wanted to concentrate on what rights marriage gives as opposed to marriage itself. Recent opinion polls show that there was general support, small majority, um, for same-sex marriage, but less support for the ability to adopt. And the new legislation will allow same-sex couples to adopt. Why is that important? It doesn't mean just that a same-sex couple that has no children can adopt. It means that same-sex couples who already have children will be able to adopt the children of the other parent. For example, a a male same-sex couple where one is the biological father of one parent and the other is the biological uh, of one child and the other is the biological parent of another child, they will be able to adopt the the child of the other. Why is that important? Because currently in Greece, in these couples, if you are not um, the biological parent, you can't do simple things like pick up the child of your partner from school without special permission. You can't have input into decisions on the well-being or anything health-related to the child. So the law very much, as Mitsutaki said in Parliament, yes, they solve everyday daily problems. Paul, you've also been speaking to one of the campaigners who fought for this, Gregoris Valeniatos, and he says there's more work to be done. Let's take a listen. Moving forward, sex education should be introduced in a serious way in schools from the primary level, in a way that each child understands growing up. There are many challenges. The distortions in information are great, and schools should honestly and boldly inform people about the enormous diversity that love has today. So that's the campaigner Gregorius Valeniatos there speaking to you, Paul. This is a big change in Greece, but it's also a change in the region. You mentioned also that it's the first majority Christian Orthodox country to legalise same-sex marriage. What are the hopes for marriage equality in some of Greece's neighbours? 
I think currently um, the hopes aren't very high. If you look at Greece's neighbours who are members of the European Union, only Cyprus has some form of recognition of same-sex marriages in the form of civil unions. Uh, to the north, Bulgaria, its constitution states marriage has, between, uh, has to be between a man and a woman. So in order to introduce same-sex marriage, you'd have to change the constitution, and currently there isn't the support, political support, to do that. In Romania, the Prime Minister has repeatedly said that while, in theory, he's not against such uh, legislation, he doesn't think that Romanian society is currently ready. Then, outside of the EU, but still within the region, we have Serbia, where the president there, Vucic, has said that he would never sign off any legislation to introduce same-sex marriage, even though, of course, the country's prime minister is in a same-sex relationship and has a son. So for the immediate future, um, Greece uh, is very, very strikingly on its own in this corner of Southeast Europe uh, in terms of having same-sex marriage. But of course, the majority of countries that have done this in Europe are in the northern and western part of the continent. So, so Greece really stands out as being on its own in terms of this legislation. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Hi everyone, I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.